I'm Leo. I'm Lauren. I'm Trevor, and we are the Boo Crew. Welcome to episode 153. Here's a Boo Crew Fright Fact. In 2018's The Strangers Pray at Night, they ended up rewriting the script. But before that, originally, Liv Tyler's character, Kristen McKay, from the first film was going to return only to be in the opening scene and get All right, everyone, welcome Boo Crew Patreon member James Green to the Secret Society. Thank you so much, James. Yeah. If you want to be a part of our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash the Boo Crew. We'll hook you up with pens, buttons, stickers. What else is up there, guys? You know what? Your really unique writing on the envelopes. I just realized that. (laughs) What? Oh, and the stuff when they get the (laughs) postcards and everything? They must be like, what the fuck? (laughs) Because like Trevor has this really, it's like really cool and really creative way of writing. But it's, it's like if a demon wrote it. Yeah. It's very like artistic. Like there's like swirls and dots and that's a bonus. It came out of being bored with school. Interesting. Right. And making letters look interesting to me. But anyway, you can get not only that crap that we mentioned, but behind the scenes videos up there right now is a tour of the studio. And there's some exclusive episodes up there too for you to peruse if that's your kind of thing. And some surprises on the way. It means so much to us when you stop by Apple Podcasts and not only rate the show, but write us a review. It's our favorite thing in the world. We will read your review at the top of the show. It's an incredibly fun way for us to connect with you even more. Leo, we're going to you for the first review. Well, we got uh, KB from Pittsburgh writes, discovered his podcast about a year ago, already binged the entire collection and love it. Can't wait for new episodes every week. Best horror podcast out there. No competition at all. You guys rule. And he rates it five stars. Woo! KB from Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. And you know what, KB? Why don't you hit us up at Tales from the Boo Crew on Instagram. Tell us your fave guest. Also, who you'd love to hear from on the show. Drop a couple of your favorite movies you've been watching. We'd love to hear from you. Same goes for our next one. Next, we have Jake Damien. And Jake says, top five. Woo! This is definitely one of the best horror podcasts to listen to. All the crew has undoubtedly a love for the genre and everything that goes into making these films. You can hear the respect they have for all their guests, and yet the conversation is natural and fluid. Like, follow, and subscribe. Rating five stars. Yeah! Yeah. Thank you, Jake Damien. Wow, Jake, that's so nice. My heart. KB and Jake Damien, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to write those amazing reviews. If you're listening and want to hit up Apple Podcasts, rate and write a review. We will read it at the top of the show. This time around, we are talking to Micah Monroe and Dane DeHaan, stars of the new 13-part series, The Stranger, on Quibi. So Quibi means quick bites. It's a new streaming service making films and content experiences delivered in bite-sized chunks to consume on your phone. 
Sam Raimi's 50 States of Fright debuted earlier this year on the platform, and another one everyone is talking about is the topic of Convo on this very episode. So Emmy-nominated writer-director Vina Sood's The Stranger. It is so great. What did you guys think of The Stranger? Oh my gosh, like, Dude. I, it was so fun. Like, I couldn't wait. It was almost like little pieces of a movie like when you put it all together it's a movie and i couldn't wait to like the next one to start the unique thing is they're all presented in like five to nine minute segments oh man i loved it every episode had me at the edge of my seat because i'm like where's this gonna go and then like you get a cliffhanger you're like oh shit what about the next episode you know (laughs) yeah it's like 13 cliffhangers yeah like and very well i mean it's shot like a big blockbuster film there are scenes where you have like 50 60 like extras in one scene i'm just like man that's that's a big production you know there's like there's a lot going on and then of course it takes you through the streets of la throughout the evening you know so you're seeing a lot of la at night and some really interesting situations that the characters are put into you know highly recommend it oh it's so good and it's full of surprises in in the plot and it's really revolutionary in the way that it uses the mechanics of your phone as a vessel to explore the story worth it makes it super immersive whether you're holding it vertically or horizontally it's it's designed to have a different experience for you and if you're a fan of it follows like we are this is going to quench your thirst for a sequel it really does it's got the same flavor which of course we talked to micah about Dane and Micah also talk about their horror firsts. Dane gets into that insane dental scene he has in Gore Verbinski's A Cure for Wellness. We love them (laughs) both so much, and we know you do too. Follow us to episode 153, starting now. Here's looking at you, Claire. Smile. You're on candid camera. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew via the Speakeasy Studio are two of the coolest actors in the biz whose daring and exciting choices have laid the groundwork for some of the most talked about films in decades. Not only that, but influential content and approaches to storytelling that have changed the game completely. She stars in projects like Adam Wingard's Exceptional The Guest, 2014's It Follows. Her approach on that was instrumental in turning it into arguably one of the best horror films ever made, winning Best Actress in a Leading Role, Best Performance, and many more awards. The trajectory continues with Independence Day Resurgence, Federico D'Alessandro's Tau, the mind-blowing villains alongside Bill Skarsgård. Also with this, a charismatic storyteller with unforgettable roles. He ripped your heart out in The Place Beyond the Pines. Derek C. and France's award-winning generational masterpiece. Adam McGoyan's Devil's Knot, Metallica's award-winning Through the Never 3D concert narrative film, played Harry Osborn in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, starred in Luke Besson's Valerian and The City of a Thousand Planets in 2017, Gore Verbinski's A Cure for Wellness and Amazon 000. These are two actors whose performances are so visceral with intent that they may Make you completely forget you are watching a movie. They evaporate into their roles so effortlessly. They are the magic that brings us to the movies. Their latest project is a 13-part series experience available exclusively on the mobile streaming service Quibi. Now it's called The Stranger. It's about the events that unfold after a rideshare driver new to L.A. picks up a passenger in the Hollywood Hills. It is absolutely incredible and creepy as hell fun. We are so incredibly humbled to be joined by its stars Micah Monroe and Dane DeHaan. Woo! 
Yeah. Wow. I don't even want to talk. I just want to continue to hear you talk about us. But. Yeah, I love that. Well, there's plenty talking about you guys coming yeah. up. So, first of all, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today, and congrats on this project. We are so excited to be speaking with you both. Seriously. Thank you so much. Thanks. Let's start off with your first impactful moments with the horror genre as a viewer. Oh, man. Uh, I, I was obsessed with horror as a kid. I would go. My mom wouldn't allow me to watch scary movies. So I'd go over to my friend's house. We'd have sleepovers and we'd rent like five, five horror movies and, and stay up all night and watch. I think Nightmare on Elm Street was the one that really scared me uh, because I didn't want to sleep anymore. And that was bad. Um, but that, yeah, that, that was like, I think a turning point, like just being like in awe of horror and also just being absolutely terrified. And how about you, Dane? Gosh, I'm trying to think. I definitely am of the like snick. Are you afraid of the dark sure. generation? Yeah. Yes. You know, um, <laughs> that was probably my very first introduction to it. Loved that show. But also, you know, definitely like Tim Curry's It uh, was a big part of my childhood. And probably the first time I really remember being like truly like terrified was with when Tim Curry was It. It's a similar experience watching The Stranger in these bite-sized chunks that I remember watching that original It miniseries with Tim Curry. That just dread that just kept you going through the whole thing. And I, I just absolutely love it. And we'll get to more of that in a bit. Now, you guys have done an incredible amount of work in many different styles. What's the creative world that opens to you as actors when you approach a piece of horror, sci-fi, or, or genre-adjacent material versus any other styles? I think, it's, yeah, it's about understanding the world that you're in. You know, I think, it, the, and I've been in a lot of different worlds, but like specifically with The Stranger, you know, I think Vina, the director and writer, wrote this like really amazing character that was like in, talked so much and there was so much to lean into and chew on. And so the conversation became about like exactly what kind of world are you trying to create and how much do you want me to lean into this and chew on it and have fun with it? And the answer became like, let's try everything, you know, like let's go super far. Let's try to push the boundaries of the performance and try to make something like not only terrifying, but also kind of big, but then let's explore what the smaller moments would be too. And, I think that's what led to, um, you know, the collaboration that created the character. For me, the, the most important thing is um, grounding it all. You know, you're, you're, as an actor, you know, you're thrown into these insane situations or unbelievable situations. And it feels like my job as the actor is to keep it incredibly grounded so the audience can, can really come on this ride with you and believe everything that they're seeing, even though maybe it is unbelievable. And that's always so fun to do, you know, it, it, experiencing things that I would never experience on a, on a daily basis or maybe in my entire life. But being able to bring that to life is so fun. So Vina Sood comes along, whose work on The Killing helped make it one of AMC's highest rated shows of all time. She gets nominated for six Emmys. She has this new project called The Stranger for this really exciting new platform. Quibi, what compelled you to hop on board the project? You know, in many ways, it had everything to do with her. I had never heard of Quibi when I got this script and I didn't really know what it was or what to make of it. And like my agents and managers had the like, you know, they had dealt with it and had the like kind of pitch of what it was, but it wasn't until I talked to Vina and she started to on, uh, explain 
how she created the stranger specifically for Quibi. She, you know, created these episodes specifically to have an arc that ends in a hook. And if you read it with that intention and her understanding of what, like, not only a horizontal frame can do, but a vertical frame can do in telling a story, you know, she's such uh, she, an intentional filmmaker. And I felt like Quibi in a way challenged her and she really rose to the equation to find a story specifically for the platform. And that was just as exciting to me as the script itself. I totally agree. I mean, it, it was really, I mean, I was a, I was a huge fan of, of Vina prior to, to reading this script but it was really sitting down with her and just hearing her specific ideas to really take advantage of this platform and, and make this series something unique um, that would really work on something new like this. The series has elements of movies like The Hitcher and Seven and Saw. Were there any specific titles or real life people that uh, director Vina Sud asked uh, you to pull inspiration from for your characters? Dane, you um, I don't think I, no, I don't think she did. Either. No, I don't. I think mostly it, it came together for me pretty fast and there was not like a ton of time to prepare it. And maybe the, that would have crept in in other conversations if we had more time. But basically the stuff she was showing me was more about technology, about algorithms, about, you know, where the world's at with that kind of stuff in an effort to understand what Carly's doing and um, why he's doing it. And that like, this is a world that, it is actually possible. You know, this isn't like a fantastical idea, like what he's doing could in theory happen. Uh, that's that our conversations were more about that than maybe like stylistically or inspirationally from other horror films. One of the things that is so fascinating about this particular project is, as we were saying, the mechanics of the platform and the way it's absorbed this content delivery in bite-sized chunks of five to 10 minutes what do you guys think that does to elevate the experience of going through this particular story? We'll, we'll go to Micah for that one. Well, I think what's so cool about this project, The Stranger, and pairing it with Quibi is that it's a thriller that, that the, the thrill is coming from this phone. And so to, it, it becomes a very real experience for the audience member to be watching it on a phone. And so I think that that is, and, and Vina had like so many cool ideas of really making it feel super personal. You know, we did a lot of shots, a lot of angles that, yeah, I think is, is such a cool way to view it on phone. Yeah. I mean, it, it almost sounds cheesy, but there is an intimacy between the viewer and the material because we're actually holding it in our hand, which yeah, is a yeah, really interesting absolutely. connection. Yeah. yeah. Was there anything, Dane, going on in your mind? Was that in the back of your mind at all? Or did it inform any performance choices, knowing that you were going to have this intimate relationship with who was watching it? You know, maybe the only times where it really informed it was when they actually like handed me an iPhone and, and I filmed myself doing something. <laughs> right, you know, right, right. It's the first yeah, project nice. I've ever done that. Um, Cause there are, I create video messages for Claire in the show. And it's the first time they've been like, so you're operating the phone and you're filming yourself on the phone. And when people watch it, if they're watching horizontal, they're just going to see the thing that you shot, you know? That's the only time that it really, it really crept in. And that was, that was an interesting experience for sure. The Boo Crew will be right back. Just when you thought it was safe to sleep, 
A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. The biggest nightmare of them all. Micah, you had these really suspenseful scenes where there was one in an elevator and you were climbing things and flip flops. Did you do your own stunts? There, there definitely there was a stunt double, an amazing stunt double. But um, I, I did a fair amount. I feel like I did, I did pretty good. Um, it was definitely when I was reading. You, you read the script and you kind of forget. Like I'm going to actually have to go through this physically and mentally and then you get on set and you're like oh my god half the script i'm barefoot like i'm running through la barefoot like, like no. die hard <laughs> oh, right. so so yeah i mean it, it was challenging but it was also really fun the series takes you through the streets of la mostly at night hour by hour what were some of the challenges in filming uh, the series yeah i mean just streets being on. I mean, that was one of my favorite parts about filming this was being in actual locations. But with that, you know, comes challenges of people and cars and sounds and stuff. But it was really, really so cool. Almost every day was a different location around LA, places that I have never been. So that was a really, really cool part about filming this. Now, episode four has this incredible long take with no real perceivable edit at all, where Claire is right, driving right. through the streets of L.A. up to when really when you leave that church building. Yeah. What was that like to film? Oh, man. Yeah, I, re- I remember Vina coming to me with the idea and I was definitely intimidated because, you know, with with the one or you have to really like hit every point and it's very technical but also you have to be you know very present in your performance um so i was definitely intimidated but it was so much fun i mean it was it was a dance with our dp who's incredible and you rehearsed it so many times yeah it it was really i had never done anything like it so it it was really fun Dane, you have this really creepy air to you. Like, I would never want to interact with you in real life. Your character, like, scared me that much. How did you go? I would never, like, want to have you on a podcast. (laughs) Besides that, your character, Carly, man. So how did you get there? How did you get to that dark space to be so just naturally creepy? I think it's just about understanding why he's doing what he's doing. You know, I think Carl does have uh, fairly clear intentions that you learn as the series progresses. And I think it's also about understanding. This is the first time I played a bad guy with like the worldview that there's bad people that do bad things just because they're evil. You know, it had been a while since I had played a bad guy. And I think previously I had always just tried to um, say, oh, they're good people doing bad things. But I think this was the first time I was like, oh, no, there's bad people out there. And Carly is one of them. He's evil. He's using technology for evil. And he's an unhinged psychopath. And so having permission to understand him in that way and lean into that definitely helped the performance. Now, what about the chemistry or the anti-chemistry between your two characters? I had heard Micah mention that 
Dan kind of kept a spooky air to himself between takes. Can you elaborate a little bit on that and Dane, exactly what on earth you did? <laughs> what on earth did you do? <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think it's always helpful to like, in some way, stay in the mindset. You know, I'm not like, I think it's always a balance because I, I never want to be like the kind of actor that's, whose process gets in the way of other people's processes, no matter who that person is, be them another actor or a DP or a director or a makeup person or a grip or whatever. Like, I think, you know, it's important that I do my job and that involves for me somewhat staying in that mindset, but also recognizing that I am part of like a larger thing and we want to make a beautiful thing together, you know? Definitely one thing I did kind of like on my own for fun and maybe Micah somehow picked up on this as creepy, although I don't think she knew I was doing it was I (laughs) would just spend a lot of time like reading about her online and reading like her interviews and her articles and, you know, learning about her past. And then when we were on set, I would ask her questions, leading questions that I already knew the answers to (laughs) in an effort to try to drive the conversation in a certain way in a harmless way, you know, but certainly in the same way that Carl E. Wood, but in a way that was harmless, but more as an experiment of like, how much can you actually do this? Yeah, that would be creepy. We see elements of Carl's past in bits of dialogue that show up through the series. Is there an entire backstory that you are either told, Dane, or that you only know, or that you've built perhaps yourself of his whole history? Not entirely, you know, um, like I said, it all, it all came together kind of like faster than I'm used to, but I think there's definitely an understanding that this isn't the first time Carl's done this, but he's had a lot more success in doing it in the past and things have never really gotten out of control for him. So maybe this is the first time it's turned violent and maybe this is the first time he's really become unhinged in a psychopathic, uh, way but he has had success doing this kind of thing in the past and breaking people, but he's never had someone fight back, you know? And this is what happens when someone, when someone fights back. One of the coolest things was Carl's ringtone. When was that something you became aware of? And did you hear it when you were filming or did they add it after? I mean, that ringtone. It's chilling. It's chilling. I want it though. I want the ringtone. I don't think, I mean, I didn't hear it. Before, did you, Dane? No, no. Vina always said, like, I want it to be, like, menacing and iconic. Like, she had these very, very clear vision for it, but I never knew what it was going to sound like. The series takes uh, some really dark twists and turns. In terms of the script, did either of you have prior knowledge as to the ending of the series, or how, or was anything kept as a surprise? Pretty sure both of us knew everything. I mean, I, I, I read the, the entire script um, in one sitting. So I, yeah, knew what was coming. Did you get to keep the iconic red shoes, Dane? <laughs> did you keep uh, that? No, I don't <laughs> have no. What did I keep? I, like, I never want to see them again. I'm trying to think what I kept. I didn't keep the shoes, you know. Those are very fancy and expensive shoes. I don't know that I could pull them off in my, like, real normal <laughs> life. <laughs> I did not keep them. I'm trying to think of what I got. Carly's a snazzy dress. He's got like that Paddington bear jacket near the end he's rocking. It's pretty, it's pretty snazzy. Yeah. At least he's got that going for him, right? Yeah, true. One of the coolest accessories would have to be your dog, Pebbles. 
Oh yeah, of course. (laughs) How was that relationship and is it still going on to this day? (laughs) I wish. Pebbles was great. Um, She, yeah, it it was really challenging working with the dog, but also really fun. I have my own dog. And so it was really like just comforting having a dog on set, but also, like I said, very challenging because it is uh, a bit harder to control a dog. So there was a lot of takes with the dog, but she's great. As we're uh, ending our time here, we definitely want to jump into a little bit of extracurricular film activities. We're going to hit It Follows real quick. That's a movie that we love. We actually managed to acquire... Your screen use wheelchair from the beginning, the bent back prosthetic leg from the victim at the beginning, the the gun that you guys use to hunt down the it, yeah. and your casts. No way! Yeah, yeah, we got what? it all in the display cabinet in the in the house. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're huge fans of that movie. And I just wanted to ask, what is your personal take on the end of that film? Are they being <laughs> followed by the it? What happens to Jay and Paul in your eyes? I just have a feeling that I think they might be being followed it just i feel like the the eeriness of that last shot there's it there's something in the air that's my two cents what do you guys think i think so too and i'd love to see them strike back at the it you know we want to see a sequel that would be the best (laughs) that would be the best idea do you think (laughs) as, as far as a sequel idea have you been told anything about any sequel ideas is there any ideas that you personally have that you think would be a good sequel (laughs) I would be very open to a sequel, but I, I have heard no discussions from David, the director, of there being a sequel. If I had to guess, there probably won't be, but you really never know. I feel like it, it's been so cool with this film, how it still has such an impact on so many people and has really um, met a lot in, in the horror genre. You know, I, I think really any, anything's possible. <laughs> Where do you think that story would have gone if there was a sequel? Oh, my gosh. I, I have no idea. I really have no idea. I think there are so many different possibilities. And I feel like, well, I, I wonder if David has thought about it. I'm sure that he has. And kind of where these characters, if there was another movie, what that adventure would be. But I, I really don't know. That's something, um, yeah, could go a lot of different ways. Do you guys both have a dream horror role that you guys would like to do? I really don't know. Maybe like uh, Nosferatu. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, nice. Dude, you're that'd be cool, right? Nosferatu. Yeah, you'd be really so good. good at it. I think I could do it. Yeah. It'd be fun. Hell yeah. Yeah. So speaking of which, there is an iconic moment in a cure for wellness with this dental scene and this contraption that you're wearing. And how did you pull that off without getting hurt? You know, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, no, I don't remember. They, you know, Gore Verbinski is such an, is such an amazing filmmaker. And the one thing he requires for any film he makes is time, you know, and he's got this like incredible cinematic mind and he understands special effects and cinematography and all that stuff in a way that's pretty incredible. I know they had an entire prosthetic head made that actually had teeth that you could drill into and then they like composited it with my face but definitely i spent the entire day with that thing in my mouth keeping my and then you know the drill was a pretty real drill that went really fast 
And so it made the scene pretty easy to do. Cause even when that drill is like three inches from your mouth, you start freaking yeah, out. Oh my God. Just the sound yeah. it makes. And yeah, but it was, there was a lot of like composite images, this and that to make the actual drill going into the tooth moment. And that's just Gore Verbinski's genius. Well, you guys, we're going to wrap up now. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with us today. Aww. We really appreciate Thank it. We love appreciate The Stranger. You. Awesome. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you guys yeah. so much. Thank you. That was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 153. Special thanks to our guests, Micah Monroe and Dane DeHaan. Follow at Micah Monroe on Instagram and Twitter and at Dane DeHaan on Instagram and Twitter. See The Stranger exclusively on Quibi. All 13 episodes of the series available now. Quibi.com for a 14-day free trial and subscription starting at $4.99 a month. Production tracks for this episode provided by Power Man 5000. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Tales from the Boo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shands and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye! A bloody disgusting podcast network, home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full-cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy or disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.